Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Soccer Scene, episode 29, with myself, Adrian Finnan, and Noel O'Connor, as we discuss all things Treaty United, Noel, this week. Great news for Treaty United, Noel. They've won 3-0 against Maynooth in the last 16 of the FAI Cup at the weekend, and the current lead, David, William Armshaw, all on the score sheet. Obviously, it was a, a banana skin, Noel, that we discussed in, de- in, depth, in depth last week, that there was a, a banana skin for a treaty, but to keep a clean sheet, get your three goals, it was a professional performance. Yeah, I think they'll be delighted with it. I think Tommy will be really happy. You know, we did see that, look, every cup game can be a, a banana skin. They certainly had a few issues with, with Usher early in the game and the fact that they were going away from home and obviously playing on a, a 4G pitch as well, you know, which hadn't really suited them the week before. Um, I thought it was a really good... Um, Result and a good performance as well. A bit more treaty-like, if you like, than the previous week uh, against Settlon Town. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose another pleasing aspect for Tommy Noel would be the fact that he was missing Mark Ludden, Jack Lynch as well. So there was two of your most experienced players, your captain and your vice captain, missing from a game like that as well. And Ben O'Riordan too. And, and to still come out on top in quite a, a relatively professional manner was, was pleasing for him. Yeah, I think the big difference really was that they show that patience um, that has stood to them well, really, in terms of not being too adventurous uh, against the opposition, you know, regardless of who they are. Um, they certainly didn't do that against that low one a couple of weeks ago, you know, where the game looks very, very open in the first 20 or 25 minutes. Each team were kind of taking turn, terms of attacking, which was kind of very unusual uh, from a treaty point of view, and they paid the price there. But certainly they were content to sit in and, you know, not be too adventurous and, and let the, the opposition menu come to come at them. And they were nice and patient and, and they scored at, at, at the right time as well, that that first goal to give them a nice cushion um, at halftime. Yeah, absolutely. And the current back on the score sheet for Treaty once more as well. Uh, the goal that we'll probably discuss most, no, it'll probably be Lee Devitt's solo effort. You know, he started the move, the attacking move, also finished it off, beating a few players at the end. Maybe only Devitt like as such, but but a really good goal. Yeah, but he's kind of shown signs of getting into those areas which you know we haven't seen before. Maybe because at the start of the year he was playing more or less on the left hand side as regards uh, being in the central where he is now. And we did touch on the fact that he was unlucky not to score um, after picking up a good position against Waterford United a couple of weeks ago. He'd certainly be happy with that goal, and he's a guy that in the last few weeks has certainly shown a bit a bit more form, if you like, in a kind of a a troublesome area for treaty. Um, it's um, like we, we would have felt a few weeks ago that none of the central midfielders were playing, you know, kind of anywhere well. But since Mark Walsh has come back in and released Callum McNamara in there and the fact that Lee Devitt has looked like he's coming into a bit of form, you know, will certainly be something that'll please the manager, um, you know, for the next part of the season where there is a lot of big games coming. Uh, including the quarterfinal of, of the FEI Cup. Yeah, that leads me perfectly into that point, Noel, as well. There's a hugely competitive quarterfinal lineup uh, facing Treaty, obviously, as we know. You've got your possible glamour ties, Noel. You've got the likes of Derry there. You've got Bohemians. You've got Shelburne. You've got Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, all in the draw. You have also UCD, another Premier side in the draw after overcoming Galway. And then you have a fellow First Division side in Waterford who are obviously head of Treaty in the table. So no matter who Treaty play against, they're going to be the underdogs. I suppose that's a tag they don't mind. And Ty Barrett has insisted that they don't mind that. And it's a, it's a free shot now in the next round. 
you know, I suppose, look, if you were to look at it, Noel, the five teams that I mentioned at the very start, they'd be really up against it against any of those teams, you know, the really good Premier Division pedigree. Obviously, UCD coming up, you'd imagine Treaty could have a chance in that game. And obviously, against Waterford, they could as well. It's hard to know which one you'd want, Noel. Would you want the kind of a tie where you'd have a big crowd against Shamrock Rovers, either home or away, or the likes of a Dundalk home or away? Or would you feel like, well, we could have a crack off Waterford or UCD here if you're in the Treaty camp? We might actually make a semi-final. Yeah, I think um, you're right. And look, Tommy will be saying they're, um, they're underdogs. He'll certainly be telling the truth this time that they're underdogs because every team, you know, people are saying to me, oh, I was a bit surprised that, you know, UCD beat Galway. Well, at the end of the day, Galway are a premier side, you know, and UCD are a first division side. So I wasn't that really surprised about it. I'm sure around. they wouldn't. Which? <laughs> or the other way around. You have them, you had it mixed up there. Yeah. <laughs> UCD being the premier side at the moment and, and Galway being the first division side at the moment. Uh, would they want to play Waterford? I'm not too sure. You know, they could meet him another couple of times again this season. And um, look, they haven't really barred the game in the Marcus Field where Waterford were down to 10 men. You know, they, they're certainly not a team that, you know, that they've done quite well against, you know, in the same line maybe as Cork Bar the match a few weeks ago. Whereas if, if it was Galway, for example, you'd say, well, you know, they've been there or thereabouts bar bar one game, you'd be inclined to think that if you're up against one of those big sides like in Dublin, you know, Bowes or Shamrock Rovers in particular, you know, you'd well have to pay them away from home because of the, you know, the financial return you would get. And uh, I'm sure they wouldn't be mad about getting someone like UCT at home because it wouldn't be one that would capture the imagination of, of anybody really. And, you know, it still would be a very difficult game. People wouldn't give UCT maybe the credit that they deserve the fact that they are a uh, a premier side, but look, they'll they'll probably wish that they won't get in a way, say to Dundalk or or Derry as well, which probably would be tricky enough. Even though there would be financial reward there as well, but at this stage in the last eight, you know they've done really well to get there, and it's you know you're kind of in bonus territory. So I'm sure they're looking forward to the draw. I, we spoke about it last week. It's another way to keep guys, you know, tuned into the season. You find that people get a bit tired, you know, coming down the home straight with only six or seven games left to go and certainly that's something that would really um, keep the enthusiasm there and it's, it's something that's nice to look forward to in the next few weeks Yeah I suppose would it be fair to say Noel your, your best draw from a financial standpoint would be the likes of a Shamrock Rovers away and the best draw from uh, an advancement point in terms of getting to the same final would be Waterford at home who would have already beaten even though they were beaten by them and I suppose as well as you said Probably the worst draw in a financial sense, maybe be, be the likes of UCD at home. I'd say it's fair to say that. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair enough, and they'd be difficult as well. Now, you know, whether at that stage they're really looking at their own future in the Premier League and they're going to have a right ding dong um, battle there with Finn Harps in particular to see who gets that um, that that playoff place. But uh, UCD, like even last year, you know, they did cause Treaty obviously problems at home in in, in that playoff game. And uh, I'm sure most of the players as well, they'd certainly be looking for a glamour tie and a, a kind of a, a no-lose game, which is what it would be really if it was the likes of Shamrock Rovers and Bowes away. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll all be tuned in tomorrow evening from 10 past 6, where on the 2FM, the draw will take place for the quarterfinal of the Extra Dotty FAI Cup. We'll definitely be tuned in to that one with bated breath. The, going back to the, the bread and butter and all the league, which is obviously coming down the home stretch. You've six games left. 3D United, they take on Cove Ramblers on Friday night in what is a huge game for Treaty. 
we obviously know that Cove Ramblers beat Treaty in this exact fixture earlier on the season at 3-2, which was a very big surprise uh, for everyone at the time. And, and it was a kind of in around the time where Treaty were enduring a, a poor enough run of form. That's changed to a degree now, obviously, barring the at-loan performance realistically. But, you know, looking at it now, Treaty management players will be desperate to win this game and keep that four-point gap over Wexford now, especially a home game coming down the home stretch. Yeah, I think they will. I think they're in a lot better position as well. You know, and the fact that Cove took a couple of points off Wexford a couple of weeks ago will certainly um, sharpen their mind and maybe get rid of any kind of shred of complacency, which possibly could have been there, you know. I don't know whether, like, I know it's so difficult sometimes to explain to players that, you know, even though a team that has only won, you know, two or three games in 25 or 26 can be difficult and that was proven, obviously, by those two sets of results for Wexford and Treaty a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I think, in fairness to Tommy, he learned from the Athlone game in terms of uh, starting the Dean George and Endicorn in the team. I'd be confident enough that he'll do the same thing. I think, you know, while success is going to be an important part of that group, I think he's more suitable to start to a team that, you know, maybe are higher up the table and who are going to dominate the ball and... You know, he's he's very good at kind of releasing the pressure for the likes of Treaty, you know, when they get into those areas where they can play the ball in behind the opposition. Um, when you see the goals that they've got, and, and in fairness, team has continued that on um, Saturday night, although, see, he missed a, a penalty, which was his second one in, in two or three games, and maybe that's something that Tommy is going to have to look at in having someone like Mark Ludden, um, you know, and his record from penalties. It, it, it might be the time maybe to let Mark be the number one guy to take the penalties in what could be very, very crucial games in the next few weeks. But you certainly have to be confident that they'll be good enough to beat um, Cove um, at, at the weekend. Certainly. I know there's been a lot of talk, obviously, since Shane Keegan went in. Noel, he had a, a poor start. They've got closer to teams, Noel, in that, you know, for instance, just for one example, they lost to Cork City very late on, obviously, with Rory Keaton scoring recently. But realistically, they haven't really been getting results. So, you know, as I said, Treaty have to be favourites going into this, but, you know, they'll have to make a count. They'll have to. And there certainly is no easy games, for, you know, from here on in. And, uh, you know, they will be watching what's happening in Wexford. I think it is a kind of a two-horse race there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Wexford react to, uh, to that defeat. And it must have been draining enough and the fact that they played extra time with Dundalk as well. And they have a, a real fixture, you know, against Waterford, you know, who who are in really good form. And in the last game, Wexford beat Waterford. So you'd be saying, you know, that there's a bit of, of revenge that Waterford will be looking for. So I think it'll be another big opportunity for Treaty, you know, one that they kind of slipped up on against that loan to, to put a bit of space between themselves and Wexford, you know, with the games running out. And, uh, you know, what they certainly don't want is to be playing Wexford in the last game of the season with Wexford's still in with a shout that, you know, for example, a win would uh, leapfrog um, Treaty if there was only two points between them or something like that, for example. So I think this is a pivotal week, you know, for Treaty. If you look at the two games, you're at home to Cove or you're playing Waterford United, you certainly would prefer Treaty's fixture. Um, they scored three goals last week and kept a clean sheet. They're still in the cup. And, you know, if their attitude is right and, and they are about their business, they're really, really strong favourites and they should be good enough to pick up the three points. 
Yeah, and the general consensus, Noel, as well, is that uh, we, we know that the arrivals have made a big difference to treaty in terms of success of Erdogan and Ben O'Riordan particularly. The general consensus is, Noel, that Ben O'Riordan, you know, while actually being, from what I remember, a centre-back for most of his career in the League of Ireland, anyway, particularly with Cove Ramblers, he's filled in at right-back, obviously scored that spectacular goal against Cork City as well. But the general consensus is that, you know, even though Charlie Fleming was actually popular, I know he wasn't popular with yourself, no, but he was popular within the treaty camp. But there has been a general consensus that, you know, there's an upgrade in terms of the defensive capabilities with Ben O'Riordan there. Listen, there's no doubt about that. And look, bar what you see, and I, I never met Charlie Fleming. I, I only kind of judge him on what I saw on the pitch, and I didn't think that he was a great defender. I'd kind of stand over that. I think if you went back and checked how many games that they've played since and how many goals that you know that they've conceded, and playing the same teams over and over again. Although I would put the caveat in that Ben had a kind of a rough enough or a rope enough night against Adlone, mm. and I hope that's just kind of a, a glitch, if you like. But certainly, uh, him uh, with um, with him in the side instead of Charlie, they've certainly looked a bit stronger. And even a centre back, you know, with the change there. They're certainly stronger there as well, and they've conceded a lot less goals, I'm sure, in the last eight or ten games than they had. Do you know, and there was some poor results came around the mid-season, but in fairness, the changes have worked, and uh, they certainly look in good form, and they're in a very strong position to make these playoff places. Yeah, and I know as well as O'Reardon, obviously Mark Ludden was unavailable for the game, and Jack Brady was on the substitutes bench, Noel. I know you've already mentioned that you think that he'll stick with Dean George and in the current up front. If Ludden, Brady are available this week, obviously, you'd imagine Dale Brady will replace Wynn and Ludden will be straight back into the team. And we obviously know that Jack Lynch is probably not available again for, for another while. We probably weren't given the full information on that injury, but uh, that looks to be the case. But, you know, I don't think there'll be wholesome changes unless you have O'Reardon and Ludden back in and obviously Brady. Yeah, I think those guys will come in. I'm sure that it was just a run out for Conor Wynn. We saw that earlier in the season as well. Um, He's in very, very good form in Fairnston and uh, hasn't made too many mistakes lately. Um, Mark Ludden, obviously, is a, is a shoe-in every week. He's fit, being obviously one of Treaty's most consistent players as well. And in, in terms of his, his set-piece deliveries, we talk about the long throws, the free kicks, and I would include penalties in that one now between now and, and the end of the season as well. Um, the midfield, you know, with Mark Walsh after coming in and releasing Callum McNamara, we're saying Lee Devitt's in good form. Uh Dean George and Enda Curran have scored over 20 goals between them, which is a really, really great return. Yeah. Um, it's a long time since any Limerick team had had a couple of strikers, you know, to get those figures. And the only places you're looking, you know, are the wide areas. And, you know, in fairness to Tommy, he's chopped and changed there, which is fine. Um, Stephen Christopher is obviously available. Willie Armshaw, you know, you've Matt Keane, you've Joel Costrain. And again, I would be saying, you know, you try to be solid on one side and maybe have a more flair pair on the other side. I think in fairness to Willie Armstrong, probably deserves a start there as well. I don't know if, if Matt Keane is, 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 is fit or not. But, um, you know, whoever starts there will probably be replaced and and, and the other two would um, come in as well. So you've Conor Melody, who obviously played last week as well. They're in really good form and they have, you know, plenty of options and it's important to pick the right team and try and get a goal up there and Tommy would say himself the first goal is so important in these games and I think they're plenty big and strong enough to actually get that first goal themselves and dictate the rest of the game from there. 
Yeah, and maybe on an off-topic note, Noel, we've seen it with managers now in the recent years. It's become a bit of a trend where managers play their goalkeeper, their first-choice goalkeeper in the league, and their second-choice goalkeeper plays in all cup competitions. That seems to be the way Tommy Barrett has approached this. I'm not so sure it would be the same situation come a quarter-final. No, and I think he's right. And look, if, if you are, if you are, example... You know, drawn away to Shamrock Rovers, you know, you're going to have to put your best 11 on, on, on the pitch. And I don't think anyone will argue that, you know, at the moment, Jack Brady is the number one. And there may be a bit of sentiment early in the season, but, you know, you're at the business end of it now. And what a massive opportunity, you know, and it's it'll be great for Treview as well, because, you know, they, they probably do need to raise their profile kind of nationally. Because, you know, if you move outside the region, people aren't still quite sure what, you know, what is the story with Treaty and sure a good cup run and maybe a semi-final on RT2 on a, on a Friday night or a Sunday evening will certainly um, add to their profile. Certainly, and we hope that will be the case. You mentioned earlier on, Noel, that Wexford obviously have a tough game against Waterford, but you know they have won there already this season. I'm not going to name names, Noel, but there is there does seem to be a bee in the bonnet of certain Treatyites about the amount of coverage Wexford are getting in the general media I hope they're not aiming that at us as well, but the general media about, you know, how how well they've done this season and there's a bit of a, we're still four points ahead of, of Wexford and there isn't as much discussion about us. Um, would you would you find that, um, you know, what would I, what way would I put this? Would you would you accept that argument on the, the part of the 3D players that maybe they haven't got as much credit as they deserve and Wexford have had too much? Yeah, I probably would. Um, and like I know, obviously, from being there, it is... And particularly, say, with Ian Ryan as the manager there, you know, they they love their dubs in the media and um, they certainly get a first call. It's always been like that. But look, at the end of the day, it'll be all about who finishes fifth. And um, I even spoke to someone in Wexford last week and I, and I was like, you know, everything looked great last week. They've done dock at home and, and, and they're 2-1 up with a few minutes to go and it looks great and all of a sudden... They're beaten. Then look, if they lose again this week and treaty win, well, then like you can nearly say that their their season is wrapped up. So uh, look, at the end of the day, it's results business, and you can have all the media coverage you like, but it's it, it it's all about where you finish in in the table, and that's where it really counts. Yeah, we do wish Treaty the best of luck in their endeavours this week. And also, we'll obviously be discussing that, and hopefully discussing a seven point advantage if we're lucky for Treaty going into the next round of fixtures so my thanks once again to Noel O'Connor and we hope you join us for what will be a milestone for us here soccer scene next week with 30th episode and we will hopefully be here in the full of our health so thank you very much for joining us